When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening. It is Monday night, April 3rd, just about 11.14 p.m. on the east coast of the United States, or North America, I should say, because we have our brother up north. Hello, everybody. It is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast as we are just uh, wrapping up the Raw after WrestleMania, wrapping up the WrestleMania 39 weekend, and uh, more to talk about. Is it all good? Is it all bad? We will dive in and dissect and certainly take your comments appreciate everybody here in the live chat or anybody else uh, listening or watching after the fact on demand i am justin labar alongside uh, once again a great great time last night we'll do it again here tonight former ww referee for over 20 years coming to us from toronto ontario mm-hmm. canada he is the one the only mr jimmy corderas jimmy good evening good evening gentlemen uh an, an interesting night plenty of talk a mixed bag and plenty to talk about let's just put it that way Indeed, and uh, rounding out, it is. he says, you know, there's no rule ever retirements in pro wrestling, but he says <laughs> this is the retirement. Uh, coming to us from Denver, Colorado, thereabouts, uh, and he is the founder of WrestlingInc.com, the former uh, boss in charge, and now he's sailing off into the sunset after one last ride. He is the one, the only Raj Geary. Raj, good evening. This is the last one, but uh, as far as post-mania Raws go, but uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, I think you're going to Terry Funk us somewhere in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to launch a whole new website or something. Who knows? There you go. I'm just kidding. I, I have no wrestling idea. stink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the parody of it. Right. The parody. Um, so still in LA raw after mania, always a very hyped 
Monday Night Raw, uh, traditionally hyped going into this. Some big news that happened earlier in the day. We'll get to that news in just a second, but first, I just want to touch on a little bit of sad news in the wrestling world uh, and just uh, pay our respects and and, and any memories we have. Uh, One half of the famous tag team, the Bushwhackers, or maybe the Sheepherders, depending on which era or territory you might have watched them, uh, Butch. Bush, uh, Butchwacker, Bushwhacker Butch uh, has sadly passed away uh, today at the age of 78. Uh, the news was confirmed by his longtime partner, Luke's daughter, Jackie, in an Instagram post. Uh, no cause of death uh, was specified, but nonetheless sad, obviously, whenever the wrestling community uh, loses Lose one and, and Jimmy, obviously, I'm, I, I'm assuming you definitely reft your share of some bushwhacker, bushwhacker. I want to get that out. Bushwhacker matches. Um, and I always think what's interesting about them as a tag team is, you know, they got their biggest uh, exposure in WWE, and they were a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. But these guys were some real badasses in their in their pre WWE days uh, around the world. No, absolutely, legit tough guys. You know what I mean? But real, real fun to be around with. They gravitated to that comedy stuff. They had, you can tell they were having fun doing it. And as someone who has been, uh, I hate to put it this way, licked more than he cared to by the bushwhackers over the years, I did have a great time with it. And it is sad to see another one of our good brothers pass. Raj, I know uh, you you love the '80s. That's when that's when you really got into to wrestling. Any, any fond bushwhacker memories? Yeah, I remember my first house show that I went to was Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man at the Baltimore Arena. In uh, it was the summer of '89, and the Bushwhackers were on the undercard. And I remember uh, we had pretty good seats. We were near the front, and you know I would run up to the ringside area whenever the wrestlers would, you know, the match would end and the, and the wrestlers would come out. Shockers <laughs> when they came, I like ran to the back because I didn't want them licking my licking my face. <laughs> but they were uh my you know they were just uh iconic you know like you think about the tag teams back in the day you always think about the rockers the the heart foundation the bridge bulldogs and the the bushwhackers were one that was purely personality and charisma and and they were just they stood out they were just fun and uh yeah i i i've hung out with bushwhacker luke blacked out many times (laughs) hanging out with him uh and uh yeah yeah it just it's it's unfortunate to see these icons from that era you know going on but uh you know my 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 thoughts and prayers are with butch's family rob's family and uh you know uh hoping the best that's funny as that's funny as a kid you're running away when they come out. Most kids like, oh, here comes the Undertaker or something, and you or Papa Shango, and you run. But here, here comes these guys bushwhacking their way to the ring, and you're running away. Oh you're Even that is like, don't touch my hair. No, but, but it's funny how they felt like it was a badge of honor to get licked by the bushwhackers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember them? I remember. I you know, uh, I remember. I think it was uh, Rumble. 90, was it Rumble '92 or somewhere in that era in that time? When they, <laughs> when he they, got eliminated. Kept doing the uh, oh my the, yeah that, that and then was they Luke, had, right yeah yeah and then they had they had, yeah. Jame, they had Jameson with them for a little bit uh, when they were fighting the Beverly Brothers and that's and, and of course anybody who really knows me knows I'm a huge Family Matters sitcom fan a huge Steve Urkel fan and Steve Urkel and Carl Winslow fought the Bushwhackers on an episode of Family Matters um, where Gene LaBelle played the referee of all people Jameson was no Urkel they tried yeah. but yeah. 
Uh, so again, uh, thoughts and condolences going out uh, to, to to Butch's family, and I, you, you mentioned Luke and, and having some uh, party members with him. I think he still makes some appearances and and, and places up the boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. So, wow, uh, pretty cool to hear there. Um, one second, we got the again super chat starting to come in. We appreciate it as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to your chats, and of course, like, subscribe, comment, uh, do all those things to on whatever channel, whichever platform you uh, subs- you follow the wrestling channel. That is greatly appreciated. Uh, Raj, we have a uh, a super chat here. I think more directed to you. Yes, it is. Uh, it's from Nick saying I've been going to the site since the mid two thousands and been listening to the podcast since the days of Russo and DDPY ads. Thank you, Raj. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you guys made this happen, so thank you. It's been a dream come true, and you, you know, it's all because of you guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, the site is the way it's exploded over the last twenty plus years. Um, really, 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 pretty incredible. To, one, one day, Raj, you should do a shoot interview or do a book or something, do a blog, something to tell the full story. Yeah. <laughs> there's, it's nothing. Uh, there's nothing scandalous. It's pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. But yeah, well, I'm not saying you have hush <laughs> money out there, but no, I'm just saying but, I'm sure it was interesting. But, but, but it, that's good for a change. Yeah, you, you don't you don't have to sensationalize it. Tell a feel good story. Uh, positive Raj. Positive Raj. There you go. Yeah, just to be clear, Raj went out on his own terms. He didn't get Wall Street Journal didn't report. You know, didn't next uh, day on him. Right. Right. Nobody mixing that up. Uh, kind of circling around to that. Um, so, uh, the world woke up this morning to the big news. We had talked about it uh, 24 hours ago on our post mania night two. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, we have a running. We have a running. Oh, Oh, Hey, (laughs) I had to make an appearance, Raj. I hear this is your last, uh, your last time with us for the foreseeable Uh, future on raw. Yeah. Post mania. Yeah. I think this is, this is it. Yeah. No, well, I wanted to stop by and thank you for uh, involving me, and I'm sure Justin and Jimmy feel the same, Issa, Alfred, everyone, for involving us in your journey and the success of the Wrestling Inc. website and podcast all these years. And uh, what a time to go out as WWE is changing hands for you to be wrapping up your time with Wrestling Inc. Now, you will not remain involved on a higher level in creative, but not not get caught in the weeds. Is that is that correct? <laughs> right, I'm out of the weeds. I'm out of everything at the end of this month, so... <laughs> it means a lot to me, Glenn. Really appreciate it. Man. No, absolutely. Had to had to pop by and say hi. I didn't want to derail everything, but yes, the the big news today, Justin. I think uh, a lot of us didn't sleep in the last twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of sleep. No, it's, this has been crazy three days, Glenn. This is actually you. You missed your cue by about forty five seconds. About forty five <laughs> seconds ago, I was reminiscing as we played our condolences to Bushwhacker Butch of yes. uh, the Bushwhackers fighting uh, Steve Urkel and Carl Winslow <laughs> in an episode of Family Matters. <laughs> Well, those were perhaps better times than what we saw tonight. I know a lot of people are very, uh, very disappointed with uh, the way Mania ended and a lot of Raw tonight. But it's it's a new era. It's a new day in WWE. Yes, it is. I, it's kind of crazy synergy, Raj, on the day that the McMahon family finally announced that they're giving up more control. That that's yes. when you're stepping away. Right. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Glenn, man. Uh, you, me, and Matt, that was, those were the magical times, so uh yeah absolutely well i'm sure we'll do something again down the road but i wanted to pop by and say hi i know everybody is still processing mania i know you guys got the news to get to tomorrow night me isa and alfred will talk about nxt 2.0 we'll recap isa and alfred's bet about cody versus roman and uh 
leave it to you guys tonight to break down everything. But I just wanted to officially say, uh, oh, captain, my captain. And uh, fond farewell to Raj. I know you're around for a little bit. But again, thank you for involving us all in your journey. Thank you, brother. Oh, absolutely, man. Carry on. Thanks, Glenn. Awesome. That's very uh, cool. Yeah. I got a little, little run-in from, uh, from right. Glenn. Yeah. I love it. All right. Um, so as we were getting ready to uh, to touch on here, we woke up to the big news that we yesterday uh, at, after night two, we, we were all day. We were talking about the report from CNBC of, the, of what was being speculated was going to happen. And now uh, today, Monday the 3rd, uh, WWE and everybody going official, all, all the participants going official in their uh, press releases. So Endeavor is uh, is is basically uh, creating a new company. They're going to they're going to have this new company that is going to have the brands of WWE and UFC uh, as part of their company. Um, it's, it's, it, it, and we don't know, I don't think Raj, we don't necessarily know the name of the company, but I know the letters TKO have been, um, have been associated right. with the filing. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, um, so basically, uh, kind of bringing it down, they bought 51%. So it's not going to be 9 billion. It's going to be more like 4.6, 4.7 billion that they're, they're spending to get that controlling stake. Um, and yeah, you, you know, it's, uh, it's a new era. The first time in my lifetime, that, uh, WWF, WWE has not been under Vince McMahon's ownership. Um, you know, I think when things start out, there's a lot of, uh, everyone's like, yeah, everything's great, but you, the growing pains start a little bit after, but, uh, Endeavor owns it. They're the, they're the controlling stakeholders and, uh yeah we're in the next four to six months uh shareholders will likely get what i've seen with stuff in the past with when, when stuff like this happens they're going to get 51 percent of whatever the sale price is which should be above what the uh the stock is owned right now and then still own their their current shares after that the 49 percent transfer to the new company so um yeah, huge news. Um, Vince is going to stay on. He's actually in a higher position than Dana White with this new uh, with this new company. Um, so yeah, it's 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 huge. Yeah, just just a few more details here to round out, and we'll toss to Jimmy. Uh, so you know, the the official close to make it all official is is aimed to be sometime in the second part of 2023. Um, there's going to be a board of directors. That'll be 11 people, five from WWE, six from Endeavor. Uh, as, as Raja just alluded to, McMahon, uh, Vince will stay on as executive chairman of the board. Um, WWE's headquarters are still going to remain in Stanford. UFC's offices will still remain uh, where they are. Um, there are also some bonuses involved. Uh, Nick Khan, he's going to stay on as president of WWE. He's going to receive a $10 million bonus once this deal goes through. Uh, Triple H is also going to get a five, as well as CFO Frank Riddick are going to get each $5 million of bonus. Um, again, as I understand, of kind of like helping get the further work of getting the status of, uh, and, and the performance of the comp of WWE up to where it is at this point, and also I think uh, as a bonus to encourage them to stay around to retain them. Um, so you know, if, if you're a Triple H fan, if you're a Triple H, if you're a fan of how the creative had been uh, these last seven, eight months, nine months, whatever it's been, um, you know, th that that's that's an interesting spin on it. Uh, Vince did. Him and uh, Ari Emanuel, um, uh, who oversees Endeavor, they did do an interview on CNBC. That's when this all kind of broke. And, you know, Vince was asked point blank about creative. And I don't have the exact quote. But I'm paraphrasing here. But basically he said he answered it yes and no in terms of would he still be involved. He said yes. 
he would still be at a high level, um, you keeping tabs of what's going on uh, and the direction they're moving in, but he would not be down in the weeds. Now, the down in the weeds comment is, is very interesting because if you are a bit of an encyclopedia on Vince's uh, quotes in the last couple of years, back in, I think it was 2019 in that summer, he had uh, surprised everybody when he hired Paul Heyman to be the, you know, basically the creative control of Raw, the executive, it was like some executive title, and Eric Bischoff for SmackDown. And when asked on an investor's call what that meant for Vince, he kind of said almost the same thing, meaning, you know, I'm, he's still leading the overall direction, but he would not be down in the weeds. And of course, that Heyman Bischoff experiment did not last very long. Right. So um, we'll see. Jimmy, uh, this, is a, this is a historic, even though, the, even though it's not official, even though the, you know, the keys have not completely been handed over, but right. it, but at least officially the announcement of the McMahons saying they no longer will have majority control of right. WWE once WWF once WWWF. Right, and and it is a little bit a little bit shocking, but this is the the new era that we are in the business world. It is it is after all the wrestling business, and. As a publicly traded company, you're doing what you believe is best for all involved, not just yourself. Yes, you want to take care of yourself as well. And Vince has been great at taking care of himself and his family over the years. But you have to look after what's best for business. And moving forward, uh, you know, partnering up with Endeavor, Endeavor, uh, it's, it's, it, it is sounding like a good move. And as we heard tonight, which we will talk about, it doesn't look like the wrestling side is as long as Endeavor realizes that you have to keep the wrestling people that are helping this business move forward and growing it in their positions. Like for example, in the creative department where everybody talks about triple H in the creative department, I think he's doing a wonderful job of, of, as we mentioned last night, blending old school with new school and creating this new, uh, new or hybrid genre. Yeah. for lack of a better term. So it's going to be an interesting transition. And until it fully happens, obviously people are going to be speculating and worried. And, uh, you know, there will be, uh, unfortunately, some positions that will be, uh, not, uh, people will be let go, unfortunately. That's just part of the business world. I, I hate to see that happen, but at the same time, you know. You know, it's interesting. Endeavor, uh, Ari Emanuel said um, that he he encouraged he wanted vince to be stay on he did not want vince to write off in retirement that's what he's saying publicly that he wanted that if they were that if he was making this purchase he wanted vince to be still involved as they move forward you know in some day-to-day week-to-week capacity obviously he's gonna be on, on the board as we just noted um but i'd also have to think like again they, they if you're spending several billion dollars you've done your due diligence you know long term vince obviously built this company to what it is but you would also would, would want to take a look more micro and you i'd have to think you would see since Triple H has taken over the creative, the boost they've had and, and and what have you by those metrics. And also, again, you're spending several billion. This is for this. This is this is the rest of your career. And then you're then those behind you's career and then the generation behind that. You know, Vince is in his late 70s. You've got to have somebody, you know, so uh, I, I so that's why I, I kind of noted that 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 five million dollar bonus going into uh, Triple H as, as, you know, again, again, a sign of please stick around because eventually there won't be a debate to have is Vince and Char, you know, eventually that's, there's going to be a day like that. So, um, but interesting that the Ari Emanuel said that he, he talked Vince to not retire. And at least again, that's the public line they're going with. At least for the time being anyways, sure. it's, it's, his contract is for how long? Uh, another year or two. Well, he just, his new employment agreement, he made yes. it. So 
he's basically for life the way it was structured. It's it's okay. going to be tough to get rid of him. Okay, and 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 we should mention that although WWE is a global uh, company, they're partnering up with Endeavor now could put really establish a firm footprint in the global scene that's for sure i mean i mean the thought of wwe and ufc being under the same umbrella that's gigantic that's massive mm-hmm. um i've always said this about vince um he's a genius i think we all agree on that but part of being a genius is also recognizing where you're no longer strong and creative he was no longer strong and you saw triple h take over and ratings went up at a time when almost everything is going down. You see AEW, they're down double digits year over year. Raw and SmackDown, they're up. Why would he want to get back into it when things are going so well? You know, that, that seems like if you're a genius, step out of where you're no longer uh, affected. Yeah, um, I would hope, I would hope, Raj, that his his explanation of, you know, he's going to be part, be part of the big picture is you know he's going to be clued in and he's you know he's going to you know he'll have a, a conversation and say right. i think we got i think roman's i think we can get three more months out of roman or six more months out of roman and then and then right. ask H, who do you think like you know see hearing the direction but ultimately you right. know not he's not he, involved with the, the otis's backstage segment with the passing of mail yeah and, and and letting triple h still put the flavor on it and 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 just keeping vince abreast of hey so and so is hurt this is the next person up that we're going to be going with, you know, that kind of a thing. I, that's how I hope it shakes out. I hope so. You know, I'll admit when I, I mean, this is way different, but when I sold wrestling Inc um, for the first couple months, when I saw the content going out, I had strong opinions, you know, and I'm like mm-hmm. sending my feedback. I'm like, Hey, Hey, this shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't be doing this or we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, it can be hard to step away and, He's not stepping away. He's going to be right. involved. So I can see him easily being involved in that process for uh, a long time to come. But, you know, Triple H has been killing it. Again, I think Vince, he's a smart guy. He's got to know that Triple H has been killing it. So hopefully right. uh, that remains well, as is. Well, like yeah. you guys said, Vince is a genius and he can see that Triple H is, is really doing a wonderful job. And I don't think he would step on his toes. And not just because he's his, his son-in-law, but because, again, he's a good businessman. Yeah. Randy Hawkins, $5, saying with WWE becoming a stepbrother of UFC, WWE better not go pay-per-view after the Peacocks deal. I still want to watch Mania without going broke. I mean, I think it's, that's an inevitable thing to watch is how they are definitely going to, you know, the Peacock thing's going to go on for a little bit here, but it's eventually that is going to end. And eventually they're right. going to get return on the investment. There's several billion dollars. They are going, you, you probably are going to be paying more for some subscription service to get all of the pay-per-views or something. Um, Raj, I, I know, again, I know you covered MMA uh, for, for some time. And again, right. you, you kind of more the numbers guy. What is UFC's current structure to watch a pay-per-view event? It's ESPN so it's Plus, by, right? Yeah, ESPN Plus. You can only buy, you can't buy it through traditional pay-per-view. You have to buy it through ESPN Plus. Um, it's 80 bucks a pop right now. Um Obviously, I think WWE, if they ended up moving the pay-per-view, it wouldn't be 80 bucks, but I, I, w- I would guess, you know, 50, 60 bucks for WrestleMania at least. Um, you know, look, uh, Endeavor, when they purchased UFC, they took on a ton of debt that hasn't been repaid. So they have a ton of debt. And now, again, with this WWE purchase, it's 51%. So it's not $9 billion, but it's 4.6 
in, in that neighborhood. Uh, so that's adding on to the debt. They're going to want a return on that investment. And that's going to mean like more content, more, you know, wherever they can get it. And part of that is probably looking at once the Peacock deal is up, charging for those pay-per-views. Now, it's going to be tough when you're so used to paying five bucks a month or zero for some people uh, to go back to paying 50. But I mean, if it's WrestleMania, I'm doing it right. Like, Well, and, and Endeavor will get to. That money, whenever they, whatever the new TV deal they get for Raw and SmackDown, <clears throat> that money right. will go to Endeavor. So that will that will be able to be put towards, as you said, re- getting rid of some of this debt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but yeah, and, at best they're getting, at best a billion, you know, for a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 really quick, just to let you guys know, up here in Canada, it's it's still the WWE Network that you have to subscribe to on a monthly basis. So right. uh, and other places in the world, of course, it's like that as well, which gets you the pay-per-views. As, uh, so uh, I don't know if that will change as well. And maybe in the U.S. it goes back to being like the WWE Network, if that is cost effective and, and cost friendly for them to make money. But like you guys said, I can see them going back to the former pay-per-view model, at least for the big four pay-per-views. They could label them that way and charge a premium for it. I was shocked, you know, as a fan, obviously it's great that they didn't do it when they launched the network, but I was shocked they didn't do it from the, the get-go where you have the B shows on the network, but the A shows as pay-per-view because that is a ton of money uh, that they, they left behind. But, you know, at the same time, WWE was way ahead of the curve with the network. Justin, you were one of the first to report that they were going to go OTT uh, as opposed to a separate cable channel. And... I remember when I saw that, I was like, what, you know, like, what are they thinking? And it I got, I got a lot of, being... I got a lot of, I got a lot of text and phone calls that day of people going, what? <laughs> right, yeah. and I didn't doubt you. I was yeah. just like, well, you know, what is the, the logic here? But it mm-hmm. ended up being, they were way ahead of the curve. Um, all right. So that is that. Um, so it's, this year is not going to get boring. So um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, more, more on our farewells for Raj. It was the wrong time to get out. <laughs> yeah, you did. Majestic Marie, $5 saying, I want to say thank you, Raj, for giving me a chance to write and work for Wrestling Inc. You're an amazing boss and human being. I heart you. So very good there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we had uh, another one for Raj. We had, there we go, uh, Kier Kemp uh, saying, Raj, you're not doing the Thursday show either? Uh, for the rest of this month, I will be. Yeah. Okay. That's you and Jack Farmer doing uh-huh. doing some Thursday. All right, so those are news. So I'm going to go through a couple, a few other super chat comments because most of them are kind of rather than waiting for them all, we'll just kind of put it out here on the front here because we mm-hmm. uh, of people's overall thoughts are all, and then we will go more. Uh, right. We will go blow by blow. So best in the smokers world, five dollars. Saying Vince is definitely calling the shots again. How many times did we hear WWE Universe in the first half hour alone tonight? Verbiage just things to keep in mind, you know. Uh, like, let me hear Michael Cole. Michael Cole is allowed to rattle off stats and all kinds of things. Let's hear mm-hmm. how he does. They did say Corey did say medical facility tonight. Local medical. It did stuff. feel like oh. a Vince show watching. Yeah. Um. Brandon Hall, a big old twenty five dollars from Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Wow. Simply put, this was not a good raw after uh, after Mania at all. This whole uh, let's make Cody the sympathy story to get another title shot to win. Have we not seen this before? Welcome back, Vinny. Guess he is involved on a higher level. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no way to go around it. There, and we heard, uh, or I think, um, I want to say Sean Ross Sapp. I, we, we saw some things on Twitter that apparently there were several run, several new rundowns happening, and that's a very that kind of came notorious for 
Vince shows of a lot of rewrites and the pacing. It it, it did it did not have the energy that the night after Mania's Rawls have right. come to expect. I, um, I really liked the beginning. I thought the Brock and Cody stuff at the end was great, and then it was just a lot of shit in the middle. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you, you talk about roller coaster like, ride. It was a definite roller coaster ride. Yeah. Gaming Sage Pro five dollars says everyone owes AEW an apology after this weekend. WrestleMania overall was probably a four out of ten, and Raw was definitely booked by Vince. Uh, I think oh, Mania was uh, much better than well, four out of ten. Yeah. I don't. I don't think AEW's not even in the shadow of this one. It's not, not in the conversation. No, yeah, sorry. I love AEW, but come on. Sorry, uh, that can be your buffet, but not not here. Not 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 <laughs> for that conversation. Chris went five dollars says thank you, Raj, for everything. Having been here from the beginning, happy to see the growth of Wrestling Inc. Uh, good luck on your future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank hey, you. did Vince write that for you? <laughs> yeah, right. No, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. So we uh, kick off Monday. Make sure we don't have any others. I don't want really to get to right at this moment. I think. Uh, oh, hang on. Here we go. Uh, the Nerds Delight Podcast. Thank you, Raj, for creating a space where wrestling fans to fellowship. Wishing you all the best. Love you guys. Thank you. So I hey, appreciate it. Touched a lot of people, Raj, in terms of uh, uh, people that have interacted with the site or worked for you or what have you. So that's. Pretty cool. Pretty cool to have, a, have that to leave behind. All right. So we kick off Monday Night Raw. They do a little recap showing all the highlights and such with uh, WrestleMania. But they advertise and we start with Triple H coming out. Uh, you know, the graphics on there. It says Chief Content Officer. I think this is the first time Triple H has come out like this since he's been under this official title that I can recall. Um, you know, he's been seen on camera, like at the Hall of Fame and such, but he's never really come out and been in this 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 spot so i thought that was interesting again given all the timing of things uh and he kind of alluded to the news today but he didn't actually have it flat out say it which was interesting uh but he also then just touts mania success gives a heartfelt thank yous to the talent to the crew to the staff uh, most importantly to the fans he even uh, name drops Stu, one of the ringside steady cam hands to get the chant yeah. um and but then he he his his hook was you know, there's some news today about WWE, but know this: we ain't going nowhere. It is then, now, forever, together. Uh, so, kind of an interesting statement to have Triple H come out, you know, because again, he is kind of the underlying conversation of is he safe in all this movement. So, an interesting choice to have him come out. He didn't really say much of anything. He just kind of thanked people. Uh, Keith Robinson, super chat, saying 4.99. Thank you, Keith. That the Triple H speech at the beginning of Raw sounded like a goodbye speech to him. Uh, Jimmy, what did you make, uh, before we even get into what that segue to after, what did you make of giving all the factors, giving a record-setting WrestleMania that, as far as we know, was booked by Triple H, uh, mm-hmm. and all the news on the corporate level today, uh, what did you make of this choice to open like this? No, I, I was fine with it because with all that news out there, you, you couldn't hide it. You couldn't ignore it to the fans. If you did ignore it and not mention it at all <laughs> during the show, the, the fans would have been, hey, how come they're not mentioning this? It was all over the news. They had to address it. They did it off the top. They did it the right way. It was subtle. It wasn't over the top. Well, it wasn't. It, it, when I say over the top, it wasn't over the top. I mean by going into too much detail. It was just basically, hey, you read it all. You know what's going on. But like he said, we ain't going anywhere or nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. We're still going to be here. We're going to be the WWE you guys have known to come and love. And that was basically message. And coming from him, who people know is the guy in charge now, it made sense, I think. Raj, was this move, as much as it was for the public, was this move as equally as much for the locker room? 
Well, it's interesting because you look at, I mean, we, we discussed some of this last night, but uh, with the sale, with Endeavor, ultimately, it really doesn't change things much. Um, you know, like if they got sold to Comcast or Disney, that would mean channels are changing, you know, everything, yeah. you know, everything shifts. Uh, with Endeavor, they're still going to be negotiating with Fox and NBC. And, and now they're with, you know, the UFC, who has a relationship with ESPN, UFC. Um, so this was, you know, like Triple H is not going to go out and be like, hey, now Endeavor owns 51% of WWE and people pop. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's stuff that people don't ultimately care about. And the sale ultimately is a huge deal. But at the same time, it doesn't change things all that much as far as a fan goes. Like the TV deals uh, are, are, are going to go whatever way they're going to go, but they would have done that, you know, if there wasn't a sale. Now I think with Endeavor uh, negotiating, it's going to be way more. They're going to make a, a, a ton extra of money. But, um, you know, as a fan, it, it was a way to acknowledge it. It was a way to acknowledge something that ultimately people don't really care that much about if that is so he, 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 it's basically like he basically just cut to the most common question the most common everyday person is going to have they hear about a sale they want to know is my WWE continuing or is my WWE going away and so he's just saying we're not going anywhere and, and also uh is triple h's position going to change because that was the big question i was getting mm-hmm. all day you know right. uh, and, and last night and i i reached out I, I made a bunch of you know i talked to a few people in wwe today i have a few callbacks i gotta do tomorrow but uh Basically, Triple H's position is going to stay the same. Right now, all the positions are kind of the same. Uh, there's going to be a lot of overlap now. When you got the UFC and WWE, there's going to be, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of layoffs and, and, and merging and, and things like that. But uh, as far as the people on top, it seems like it's going to stay the same. Yeah. And and and, and, and big picture, again, uh, Endeavor and, our, and Ari Emanuel and the, and, the, and the pool he has, in the entertainment industry in Hollywood, Nick Khan, the same way. I mean, this is going to really open up a lot of potential for WWE to, I know there was the tagline this weekend, but WWE talent to truly go Hollywood even more uh, with the opportunities that they might be getting out of this. Absolutely. I mean, bundling UFC and WWE together in negotiations is gigantic. And, yes. uh, and granted, the timing is a little off. WWE, their TV rights are up next year. Uh, UFC with ESPN is up in 2025. WWE and Peacock's, Peacock is 2026. But at some point, they're going to find a way to bundle that package. And that's going to be just a massive, massive deal when they do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the... I'm going to super chat here. Buy Puppetator, I'm not sure. <laughs> $2 from Creighton Figures. <laughs> Movies, props. Uh, that's... Two bucks in there, I guess. Um, well, as uh, I'm not sure there. As uh, Triple H uh, finishes off that, he says, "Now, uh, help me acknowledge someone. Help me welcome someone." And out comes Roman Reigns, 946 days, and uh, he shakes Roman's hand uh, as the two cross paths. Uh, Roman gets in the ring. He solo and the wise man, uh, Paul Heyman, and Roman is quickly interrupted by Cody Rhodes, and Cody comes out and says you know what yeah you might have been the better competitor and keeps looking at solo acknowledging uh the the shenanigans there but he goes i had you and you know it you know i had you so i got one thing on my mind one word and that's rematch 
wants the rematch tonight. Paul Heyman says no rematch. Uh, rattles off every event saying it's not going to happen tonight, not going to happen at Backlash. He names Money in the Bank. He names SummerSlam. He names everything saying that's not going to happen. So then Cody says, well, both of you are here, and I basically took on both of you. Why don't we at least do a tag match? Let me get something out of this. To which Paul Heyman responds on behalf of Roman Reigns saying, we'll give you a tag match, but just so you know when you're finding a partner, any partner that chooses to side with you will never get a shot at the world titles for as long as Roman Reigns is holding them. And just as being uh, that is just as that is said, cue Brock Lesnar's music, a, a real holy you know crap moment here. Uh, not ex- not expecting Brock to come down, and and as Corey Graves quickly explains, it's kind of a fun loophole because when Brock lost to Roman at SummerSlam last year, the stipulation there was if he lo- if he loses, he doesn't get any more title shots at Roman Reigns. So kind of Brock is immune to this uh, uh, this this caveat that Paul Heyman presents. So there we go. Brock gets in the ring, standing side by side with Cody Rhodes. Uh, and he is advertised now for a main event match. I can't remember the last time he had a match on Raw, a tag match. We're talking 15. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, so that is the main event <laughs> that they are promoting to. Uh, Jimmy, how did you think the uh, the transition from Triple H into Roman Reigns? This is obviously the number one story people want to see is the follow-up with Reigns. Uh, what mm-hmm. did you make of how they did this to set up for the night? I, I, I like the setup. I like the, that they took their time with it. I like that Cody came out and... You know, he acknowledged he put Roman over, but at the same time, he said, do you know, I had you, you know, alluding to the, the ref bump and getting him, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but having Brock come out was a big surprise and caught a lot of people off guard. As soon as his music hit, you heard the crowd pop. Mm-hmm. And so they they were into it and they, you know, and of course, there's going to be the smart ones out there who say, I knew what was going to happen and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you may have had a thought in the back of your mind, but you didn't know for sure, but you were curious and you wanted to find out. And that was the beauty of it. You wanted to go and see how, you know, when they do this, can they coexist every week? (laughs) This was a real genuine, everybody going, Hmm, can they coexist or is there something going to happen here? That's, that's the feeling I got anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Raj. I mean, we knew that the idea was that Cody was going to maybe have a partner here. And you you start thinking about partners, you start thinking, you know, you can think you can do some fantasy like, booking, but Brock was not on anybody's list that I saw. No, I mean Brock has never had a tag match since his post UFC run. Uh, still hasn't. <laughs> technically, <laughs> he still hasn't had a match on Raw. Um, his his contract is unique because he's on a per match deal, so he can do ten minutes of him getting physical, beating somebody up, getting beat up. That doesn't count as a match him beating Kofi in 10 seconds, that's a match. So it, it, it's an interesting deal. And that's why you don't, you don't see it. Um, I don't know his current deal. I'm assuming it's the same thing because we haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, Brock is special, right? Like he, he comes out, it just means something different. And I thought, you know, last night we were talking about this. Uh, I thought Cody should have won. But I do feel a lot of people felt like Cody kind of jumped in that spot without earning it. And now, mm. <laughs> a feud with Brock, he's going to earn it. He's going to earn his spot because yeah. uh, that's not going to be easy. <laughs> so if he gets a, that a shot again at Brock, will this be Cody's hard times promo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's where they're headed, right? It's Cody and Brock at uh, at Backlash. And uh Look, you, you get through Brock, you, you've earned your stripes. But mm-hmm. um, I, I do get that point that maybe Cody 
uh, a lot of the the current WWE fans uh, don't feel like he quite earned his stripes yet. And a feud with Brock would definitely get him there. So obviously we've alluded to what's going to happen here later on. We'll save it uh, and we will get to it uh, and we'll, we'll keep linear. But uh, yes, yeah, st- stay tuned as we will talk more about uh, how this night, uh, this this you know night after Mania Raw ends. Another super chat from Matt McGee saying thank you, Raj, my guy, five dollars. Thank you, Matt. Matt. Much appreciated. Um, all kinds of love coming for Raj tonight. So uh, <laughs> we set that up as the, as the tag match uh, is the main event tonight. Uh, we then get Omas versus Elias. Omas, uh, uh, you know, commentary saying Omas wanted to get a match quickly so he could put that loss to Brock Lesnar in the rearview mirror, and he certainly does just that, giving an old-fashioned squash uh, to Elias. This one, you know, less than a minute. Um, Omas uh, squashing Elias, so WWE, even though he lost to Brock, still sticking with the Omas project. And, and Raj, I'll say this again. I know we talked a little more about Omas uh, this past weekend over – after his match and you know and how people sometimes ignorantly want to compare him to the great Kali just because he's a real tall guy and the way they push him and it's like no nah, like even, even tonight you watch he puts Elias up get, kind of gives him most like the Undertaker snake eyes and hits the rope and gives him a big boot that takes an athleticism that that's a motion that Kali didn't do and wasn't able to do like Omas has got I think more than what people some people want to give him credit for uh what's your take on Omas I don't think we got to talk to you about him because that was on um Right. No, no, I guess we did. We did. I guess we did yeah. talk a little bit about it. But, but I mean, give me give me your take on, on the p- picking right back up where they left off and having him squash Elias. I, I think, you know, I've talked to – I think I've talked with you, Jimmy, before. Like, for me, wrestling is a buffet. And you have your Kamalas and your Bret Hart's. And, and you have all these different personalities and characters. And that's what makes it fun. I don't want everyone doing flips and jumps and and, you know, kicking out at the last second. I, I like my um, larger-than-life personalities. I like my Brock Lesnar's. I like my Omas's. And I thought, Omas is one of those guys. When he's on, I'm watching, you know? He's green. There are times when he, he'll do the rawr, and it doesn't seem natural, and he needs to work on that. But he's I, – I enjoy watching. And I thought so many people shit on Brock and Omas when that was announced. And that match got such a great reaction last night. You watched the crowd. They were going nuts for that match. And uh, I just think, uh, you know, you can't cater to the hardcores because if you do, you're going to be limited to your to a certain fan base. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, yeah. keeping pace with Omas. And uh, you can talk about Omas going, but also I guess – I guess this is just where Elias is at this point. They just, uh, you know, when he came back as Elias and they, and they dropped the Ezekiel, I thought, okay, maybe they're going to reignite something here, but he's just kind of just turned into a guy that's kind of like Mustafa Ali that you can yeah. rely on, but he's, but he's just, he's there to, to do the job. Yeah. That, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's this generation's uh, um, enhancement talent. Let's put it that way. And as far as Omas, I agree with what Raj says about Omas, but the only problem is after WrestleMania, the crowd tuned out on him. And tonight, it, it spoke volumes how quiet they were. They didn't react at all to anything he did. They, they they actually seemed indifferent. And here's a guy, like you said, who's very impressive and very athletic for his size. But uh, I think it all goes back to what happened at WrestleMania. I don't have a problem with Brock going over in the match at WrestleMania. But basically, it was like he was... You know, Omas dominated, Brock got a little offense in, hit his finish, and that was it. 
And they could have done it differently. He could have hit his finish kind of like Sammy hit three Haluva kicks on, on, on Uso to, to finally get the pin. At least Brock could have given him an F, a couple of F5s before. Uh, have him kick out a one. And that, you know, and everybody go, oh, my goodness. And then, you know, Brock gets mad and gives him two more or something like that. I think his momentum got slowed down. Can they get it back? I'm sure they can, but it's going to take a little work. Yeah. I mean, maybe the flip, maybe the devil's advocate argument to that was, you know, Raj or uh, Raj, I'm sitting here looking at Raj. Brock was really selling, as we talked about, uh, Omas's offense, you know, was, and he continued to do so even after he beat him. You know, so it was the logic. He's so beat up, he couldn't possibly do more than one F5 to him. I, I don't know. But uh, I agree. I, I think. You know, you can always hindsight look and see, like, you know, when you're trying to make a big man, especially when you're trying to make him while they are still taking the loss, um, how you do it is it's just become so, so critical. Uh, I, I, I agree with everything you said, Jimmy. And but it was surreal watching Brock playing the little guy, last night, you know, like yeah. and he played it perfectly. I, I just thought, I just thought that was one of the matches that was way underrated last night. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. And uh Brock, Brock killed it. I thought. Uh, Bear Hudson saying that uh, we forgot a super chat. Uh, Bear, the easiest thing to do just uh, don't pay again. Just type it here in the reset. Chat. It. Just t- yeah. type it in the chat. Don't send any money, and uh, I'll, we'll try. I'll keep a uh, keep an eye out there. But we have so many coming through; it's hard to go back on the backlog. Um, real quick, uh, or actually, let's do this one. Uh, Allison Tuckwab. Uh, Allison, we kind of already touched on this, but just real quick, uh, she's saying, "Is everything going to stay normal, even though they moved?" Uh, I think she's trying to say WWE and wrestling stars. Yeah, everything, Allison, as, as we touched on, it seems like everything's going to kind of remain normal. This is going to be a lot more high level in the boardroom. Uh, fans hopefully won't even really well, feel the difference. There yeah. is something to that, I think. Um, is uh, We've seen with UFC that they had big cuts. Um, are they going to want to spend big money to keep talent? Like, you know, Drew McIntyre's contract is coming up. Uh, at the end of this year, are they going to change or mess with the salary structure or are they going to be like, Hey, we're making tons of money. We don't need to do that. And uh, that's going to be something to keep your eye on. Cause uh, well, I guess, look, are they also going to still believe in the vision of recruitment and, and have NXTs here, NXT in Europe, have NXT. Right. Europe. So mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be something I guess to watch too. Is, is... I mean, you look at how many people, in the main events over the last 10 years, how many are really uh, NXT talents? And, you know, it, it, it's something to keep your eye on. Yeah. Um, all right. So after the uh, Omos match, we got, I'll, I'll combine, uh, there's two backstage segments throughout the night. I'll just combine them all here in one to talk about. First was we see the Usos are trying to get into the uh, Roman Reigns locker room where Paul Heyman cuts them off and basically you know, just very kind of uh, overly charming to them and tells them, you know, night off, you know, Roman and Solo, they're, they're, they're getting ready for this tag match. Go go to the jet. Go get some nice food and just kind of dismisses them. And then as they walk off, uh, as he's going back in the door to Roman, basically says, you know, I got rid of him. And then later, <laughs> we're going to see Roman sitting with uh, Solo and with Paul Heyman. And he asks about the Usos and, and Heyman assures him that, that they are out of the building. Uh, and then um, he asks the wise man, you know, did you know that Brock was here? Why did this happen? And uh, and, and Paul Heyman very squirrely trying to make sure he gives his explanation there. So uh, just definitely just some foreshadowing, Jimmy, uh, that, uh, you know, bloodline, uh, you know, Usos lost their titles. 
Roman retained his, obviously Solo helped Roman, so Solo's still in good graces, so certainly planting the next seed, the next level of the bloodline drama mm-hmm. of uh, are the Usos on the out. No, absolutely, and and this is a great story that's continuing, and it's and this is you know uh, what what does everybody understand? You talk about realism, right, and trying to make it feel at least a little bit real. What is everybody has everybody kind of dealt with? Family turmoil. We have a little bit of uh, you know disagreement for lack of a better being polite about it with family members and seeing where this is going, and they're taking their time with it. And Paul Heyman basically telling. The Usos, uh, your services are not needed tonight. You guys go enjoy, take the night off and stuff like that. You knew it was like kind of like, uh, uh, you know, an edict from Roman saying, get rid of them. Yeah. We don't need them. I love it. Keeps it going, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, this is the hottest storyline in the company. Jay Uso has been a marvel, in my opinion, with this whole storyline. I feel like there's something there with him eventually turning on Roman or or however they decide to go but uh there's a lot of meat on that bone still absolutely uh just while we're on roman here fun time with games uh dollar 99 says so roman gets to rest to a thousand days thanks vince how many people have had the schedule that roman has had for the last 10 years he he earns his he earned part, part-time schedule uh you uh, know seth rollins i've seen uh, complaining mm-hmm. about it, but he has not had to do the kind of stuff that, and and mentally that that uh, being on top and being the man on top and you know being the guy that uh, just because it's, it's, it's so taxing. Yeah, and and people think that okay, you get to go home when you're the top guy like Roman is. You don't just get to go home. Right. You're still on call twenty four seven. And the only yeah. time he got to go home, he had to battle cancer. I mean, yeah. like, come on. And he's got, what, two sets of twins? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, you can't, you know, I, I love Seth. I think he's doing a great job. But you can't compare to no. what he's been doing. Yeah. Uh, Brian Barry saying, I think Bray's next for Roman. Well, Bray was, mm-hmm. uh, again, no out of sight, out of mind right. uh, this weekend. Uh, Matthew Teal, $5 saying, in the opening segment, Heyman listed a ton of places. Uh, as I said, uh, that Rhodes would never get the rematch, but seemed to intentionally stop short of naming WrestleMania 40. That is interesting. Uh, that is true. Um, so whether or not that was on purpose or not, um, you know, we will uh, we'll find out. Um, all right, let's think Bear Hudson retyped what he wanted to say. He said, thank you, Raj Gary, for providing me an outlet. When my daughter passed of cancer, I was on here the day after she passed, and you provided a way for me to cope. Me and my daughter uh, always uh, watch you. So oh, nice. All right, yeah. keeping them moving here. Uh, Ray God, Myster- that was something. Okay, what's that? Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, so I didn't know if you had anything to say about that or if you wanted to. Uh, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Ray Mysterio comes out and he's uh, thanking the fans. He's interrupted by Austin Theory. Theory saying, "Well, you know, we both won at WrestleMania, but Theory seems to kind of mock." Uh, Ray's win and, and talking about uh, you know, how his win against John Cena was much more impressive. So then we get Ray Mysterio versus Austin Theory and uh, Dominic shows up right at the very end just to hop up on the apron to get a punch from his dad uh, but that's enough of a distraction to allow Theory to transition into the A-Town down. So Austin Theory getting a victory over Ray Mysterio 48 hours after he got a victory over John Cena. How you doing there? And then we get uh, Dom and Damian um, 
you know, beat down there. Then they start uh, eyeballing Bad Bunny, who's sitting front row and who was announced earlier he's going to be the host of the WrestleMania Backlash event, which is going to be in Puerto Rico. And so they start, uh, Dom starts getting in Bad Bunny's face and fists start getting thrown there. And then Damian Priest comes over. He uh, flings Bad Bunny into the ringside area, chokes, lands him through the announce table. Uh, so I don't think they made it official because I believe they said that Bad Bunny went to a local medical facility, maybe a, maybe a <clears throat> separated shoulder or something. Right. But all booking eyes would point towards this being the tag match uh, as one of the semi-mains, uh, and, and, and fittingly so with Bad Bunny and, of course, Damian Priest being Puerto Rican and, and then just bringing in the, just the the, you know, just the entire culture all together with Ray and Dom. And the whole story here, uh, Raj, I thought in a Raw where we you know, thought there's a lot of eh and a lot of fluff, this at least was uh, a lot of business got done here. I thought Raw was hot up until this point. I thought this was great. I thought Raw was great up until this point. And, you know, Bat Bunny, you talk about people that really love this business, that they're not looking to get anything out of it. They're putting into it. And Bad Bunny is one of those guys. It, it, granted, it, it helps his exposure. But I remember, you know, like, there were some reporters that were like, uh, Bad Bunny, no one knows who he is, and all this ridiculous stuff. Uh, when he first uh, started. And it's like, no, that's not the case. Uh, celebrity is so fragmented now, but Bad Bunny is a gigantic star. And this is all um, selfish-less. Like, he is doing this because he loves wrestling. And he, when he's on these talk show appearances, he's talking about, like, his favorite moment. It's not, like, some concert he did. It's wrestling at WrestleMania. Uh, I have all the respect in the world for Bad Bunny. Love this segment. I thought Bad Bunny, uh, it, he's the man. I, lo I love it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, never mind Brock or Cody or the bloodline. I mean, this match alone can probably because of the because of the weight it's going to carry in Puerto Rico can probably I don't know what the convention center that they're doing this at. I don't know what the capacity is for their setup, but uh, I think this match alone can move all your tickets. Oh, absolutely. Again, you talk about uh, putting product placement in the right towns. That's <laughs> that's exactly what this is. And it, like you said, Bad Bunny can go. He's a huge fan. He, he he respects the business. He respects the talent in the business. And he wants to, he doesn't need to do this. He's doing it because he loves it and he wants to do it. So that, and you see that, you can feel that through, even through the screen, not only live, I'm sure the fans are feeling it live, but you can feel it through the screen that he's really, really enjoying what he, what he's doing. And, and, you know, more power to him between him and Logan Paul this weekend. You know, I'm like thinking to myself, wow, this is, this is uh, incredible. We're getting some uh, incredible, you know, they don't, they, you know, um, I hate to put it, uh, this isn't the right way to put it. They don't deserve to be this good without, 
Right. Putting in, yeah. you know what I mean. This with they, 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 they should they should have had to pay a lot more dues and work a lot more towns to be as good as they are on the big stage of Mania. Something like that, yeah. 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 That's what I was trying yeah. to spit out. That wouldn't come out quite right. Yeah, Mac, <laughs> Mac, Pat and McAfee. Snoop, well. Snoop, improving like that. Oh my know? goodness, yeah. You got to get that. To him big I time. mean, that was a situation where most people would have froze. It would have been super awkward, and Snoop just pulled that off like a champ. So these WWE celebrities, they. They're awesome. Yeah, you know, and it's, and it's crazy that, um, you know, I mean, obviously WrestleMania has always had celebrities. WrestleMania was built on celebrities. But even still, even when, and the MTV Rock and Connection and everything, even still, they it was, it was st- you still were under a shadow of it's, it's pro wrestling. It's, right. it's the fake stuff, What right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you'll get into some corners of, of conversations with people in bars that are ignorant. They, they don't know and they haven't seen things, but it's pretty incredible when you have the influences like you have, uh, but the bad bunny, you know, one of the most streamed artists ever, um, you know, McAfee, who's got one of the uh, most viewed talk shows daily Snoop, who's, you know, a, a musical and entertainment icon, um, Logan Paul, who right now, again, he might not be, we might not be in his demo, of, but uh, it, you can't deny the, the numbers he has. I mean, it really does say something about when you have the, the, the top echelon of all different genres of mainstream culture, for fun. You can always, you I mean, they're getting always, paid, but you can like you always said, tell you when know. a celebrity is a legit fan and when they're not. Like, yeah. like Pamela Anderson. No, she wasn't. No. <laughs> you know, like, she hated being there. It was just like cringe. Uh, who was the guy who was like, "Who's that fella in the, the red and white oh, tights?" When they when they did when they did Art, the King, uh, King of the Art Ring. Donovan. King of the Ring '94 in Baltimore. Oh. Oh Art on his go-to comedy. How much does that guy weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Drew Carey, speaking of, the the decision to give Hetman a live mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's how desperate they were back then. <laughs> yeah, the, the the King of the Ring '94, and it's like, and they clearly, it's so funny because like. He, and Gorilla Monsoon, that my friend is Lex Luger. Yeah, and like, and like Art's guy that he picked was a uh, Razor, and like Razor goes to the finals, and I can, you can like, if you listen, you can clearly like see them trying to cut him off before he accidentally says that Razor's going to win this. Didn't you tell me Razor's going to win this whole thing? <laughs> or or didn't you tell like, you know, it ends up being Owen, I think, that beats him. But it's like, I, I don't know how, how they ever thought to give him a live mic on, on yeah. live pay per view on a tournament. Uh, and things so like that's that. a big difference between where they were then. And bad button. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on here. We get uh, KO and Sami Zayn. They uh, celebrating their new tag team titles, and they say by celebrating, let's have a good fight. And out comes the Street Profits, who always want that smoke. And so we get uh, what I think is a pretty fresh tag team matchup because um, you know KO and Sami haven't been together uh, in a while. So to have them up against Street Profits, uh, lengthy match, couple segments, but of course, all four of these guys can give you that. It's going to end when, uh, uh, with a stunner and a huluva kick to Montez Ford uh, by each KO and Sammy. So KO and Sammy, of course, <clears throat> their first uh, match, they're going to get a victory. I don't remember if the titles are actually on the line, but regardless, they're not going to. I don't uh, think they were. Yeah, but not going to be losing it. I should also make mention, too, uh, KO and Sammy, it's what it means to be holding a, ch- a title. Uh, win Saturday. They then stick around at Mania Sunday to be involved in that main event run-in with, at the Roman Cody match. They then get flown to New York. They are on the third hour at 9 a.m. Eastern time on NBC of the Today Show. Then they get jetted back to L.A. to be back 
there for Raw tonight. So, right. um, and the same for Bianca Belair as too. She was part of that uh, media junket to the Today Show in New York. So, uh, Raj, life of being a champion in this day and age uh, when you win it at Mania. Um, any thoughts here about uh, the Street Profits challenging and, and taking a loss? Uh, no, just just kind of the same thing. I see Montez, and I, I look at him, and I'm like, he's going to be uh, a single star at this point next year. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's about it. We're, so, we're starting to see that in a lot of tag match, tag teams where one guy is standing out more than the other. Uh, and uh, you're right. I think Montez Ford is a special athlete. And I thought it was a good match. It, it was a good match. It, it was a good win for the new tag champs mm-hmm. getting over the way they did and, and against the team that's credible to, to some extent. So I thought it worked. And Angela Dawkins, he's great. Um, just Montez has that it factor. Yeah. Yes. It's hard to pin it down, but he has that. Yeah. And, uh, and like you said, Angela Dawkins, especially lately, has been really impressing. You know, and, and, and you think to yourself, hmm, maybe there is, maybe he want, you know, he's feeling the pressure and says, hey, I got to show these guys that I can go too. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, good showing by all four guys uh, mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, I get back to some super chats. Uh, <clears throat> again, back to Raj here. Uh, CD for four ninety nine saying, Raj, you'll be missed. I hope to hit the links with you. Please read between the lines and figure out which uh, – Company pal J and J, you guys, figure out which Colorado. Oh, yeah, maybe figure out where where you guys are gonna. I don't know where, you're, where you guys are gonna play in Colorado. Then J and J, you guys uh, will rock this. Yeah, we will. Uh, I think we'll have Jack Farmer back with us next week. But uh, some uh, golfing invites there for Raj and then Bear Hudson with another super chat, uh, saying uh, again, uh, referring I believe to his daughter, who he said a few minutes ago passed. Said to him, when she passed, his podcast helped me cope and grieve. This podcast is how I become uh, became a girl dad. So from one father to another, thank you for the laughs. A very nice comment. Amazing. That, God, thank you so much. Yeah, very nice. I can I I cannot imagine. So right. yeah. All right, up next, uh, head scratcher of a segment. We get Seth Rollins backstage talking oh, to the interview, and then decides he needs to take the celebration into the ring, uh, and he goes into the ring. Uh, well, he goes through the gorilla, they follow him, then he gets to the ramp, and then we go to break. So, you know, I figure, okay, we'll come back and we'll get some kind of conflict or something with somebody. When we come back, he's just standing in the ring with the entire audience doing the, the symphony thing, uh, mm-hmm. to him, and then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more to be said I, at this time. I, <laughs> do we have hard hitting analysis for this? I mean, I don't know. What, what's I'll say this. Analysis? Oh, sorry, go ahead, no, sorry. No, no, it, it's. it's 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 tough to analyze. I, yes, it. Show, I think it was intended to show that his entrance alone is over big time, and basically Seth saying, "This is all I need to do to get over." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know what else can you say. Who does? I mean, if he is obviously remaining a babyface, you're not going to take mm-hmm. that. You know, he's, like you said, you got the fans that will do his, his song, so you don't um, you don't just walk away from that right now. I, I guess. I'm curious who who he works with next. Um, who, what heel they feel would be, benefit the most from him? I gotta say this about Seth. He's one of the guys that um, super ultra talented in the ring. He can, you know, he's so good. Um, his character, I don't get it. I, I, to me, it just feels like he's acting the whole time he's out there. Whereas you look at a Roman Reigns, you look at a Brock Lesnar, you look at MJF. And, 
you know, all these other guys that are at the very, very top, they feel like they're their character. Whereas Rollins feels like he's putting on a performance, like, hey, I got to play this role. Uh, I just, and it just feels phony, but it's working. And it's one of those things that just because I don't get it uh, Mm. doesn't mean it's not the right thing to push because he's over. Uh, So good for him. It's working for him. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, it just, I find it cringeworthy, but I I kind of, I mean, working. No, Raj, I kind of agree with you. Like, and I talked about this, I think, with you early, you know, a, lo- a while ago, whenever this started, over over a year ago. Like, I said, he it has like this Joker kind of feel. That he's trying to, be, but right. I felt, but it felt like he was acting. Like, I like you said, I don't feel like, you know, all those other guys you named. They all that is an extension of who they are. This, I don't, I don't think when he the one that's always the tail, the sign to me is the when he does the ha 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 when he tries mm-hmm. to do a laugh. It sounds so. Uh, but yes. I mean, I guess the credit I'll give to him is he leaned into it with the fashion. What he said, like that, became kind of one of the things he leaned into. Where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, how crazy can I can the wardrobe get? And yeah, the fans have called on to that thing in the song they decided to add. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess you run with it. But I, I really, I, I, but I feel you. It's it's like he's so talented in the ring. But it's like, what what would be the true extension of him? Would it be that he's like CrossFit guy? You know, because isn't that like his right. deal? He's like, in, like I mean, I guess what's the extension that he would bring? You know, to uh, to an in-ring character. I thought the when he was with the authority, that was yeah. a good extension. Like I thought that was peak Seth Rollins to me personally. I, I agree. Like yes, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Being being Triple H's hired corporate gun, you know mm-hmm. that that, that kind of just prickish, but also normal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody else who kind of a little bit in limbo and and kind of said said as much. Bobby Lashley backstage talking about being frustrated says, you know, as much of an honor as it is to win the Andre the Giant, he was just frustrated not to get to be out there at WrestleMania. Bronson Reed cuts him off, talks about, you know, being a, being a pupil and this and that. And, um, you know, Lashley says, you want to go now? And Bronson says, not tonight, but seeming to foreshadow that's going to be uh, maybe Lashley's next uh, mini feud. But then uh, Mustafa Ali comes in and says that Bobby just needs to think more positive, Ali, uh, to which Bobby Lashley then proceeds to drag Mustafa Ali again, out to the ring and uh, quickly squash him uh, using the Hurt Locker for the finish. Jimmy, uh, Bobby Lashley, um, you know, we talked about didn't get a Mania match, probably supposed right. to be with Bray. Uh, Audible and Detour uh, happened there. So um, interesting that they had the Bronson Reed cut off because like that kind mm-hmm. of, if they didn't do that, then we stay maybe wondering, is Bray going to pop back up here soon? But by them kind of doing that, it kind of seems like it bides time for... Mm-hmm. Either for Bray to come back and for them to resume that, or they just scratch it all together and say, "Okay, the Bray Lashley thing's not going to ever happen." Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, this is a a reset button basically pressed for Bobby and looking for someone else. And Bronson Reed, who looks like a, a viable challenger to him, he's he's a big dude who looks like he could take what Bobby's got to give him. And uh, they foreshadowed that. I keep saying planting seeds. They did plant that seed. But at the same time, they tried to give the audience a little bit of Bobby going out there and beating the crap out of the annoying Mustafa Ali and stuff like that, which I don't know how much it it helped Bobby. It did nothing for Mustafa other than make people happy <laughs> seeing him get squashed. And maybe that is a good thing. Maybe that's leading to somewhere. I don't know. Because we're seeing a lot of personality out of Mustafa Ali right now. And I like seeing that, but it just, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. 
Raj, Bobby did this impromptu squash. I mean, they, you know, he drags Ali out, so there's not even any music or anything to bring him out to the crowd. Uh, he beats him real quickly with the Hurt Locker, and then his music hits, and he celebrates. And I mean, and the crowd is just sitting. Nobody is fired up and making much noise at this. Um... I mean, I think the show just sucked at this point. Like, it just <laughs> went downhill. Um, look, I think Lashley won a lot out. Like, would you rather uh, be in a program with Bray Wyatt and have all the spooky stuff with the, the dolls and everything, or miss that mania payday? But you're still like you're you, you get moved into a feud with Bronson Reed. I think it probably I don't know. I don't know what kind of goofy stuff they would have done with Lashley and, and Bray Wyatt at Mania. So I think he probably lucked out. Uh, I thought this show sucked at this point. I thought Rod was just going downhill un- until the main event. Um, it, it just it just went it just dropped significantly. I I think uh, Lashley deserve something big uh and uh i think bronson reed that's it that's a great feud uh, i'm all for it I, I you know when you talk about all these you know a lot of people are talking about jay white coming in right they're like oh should jay white be challenging john cena and wrestling it's like no one knows who jay white is mm-hmm. um people that say that they are too in their own bubble to realize yeah because you know, yeah. when bronson reed came in no one knew who he was and, and no no one knew who he was and he was on nxt so, uh, it, it, you know, Bronson Reed is in, in that spot where even though he was in NXT for so long, he's going to have to be introduced to this crowd because it's dead silence every time he's on it. It's silence until he does hit that tsunami finish and they do yeah. pop for that. It's, when he the, does his splash, it's, it's, he gets a reaction. Uh, Kevin Landry, the Super Chat, I think he's going back to our Seth Rollins conversation saying he's today's Adrian Adonis, and I love it. Because <laughs> of the, the outfits and the... Outlandish. Seth Rollins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what Kevin said. Okay. All right. Uh, and yeah, to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, you said a lot. I, I I can't imagine Bobby Lashley, who's like a legit, you know, MMA badass, former mil, you know, military bad. I can't picture him, even in his best sell jobs, selling scare to the Firefly Funhouse. That is a hard one. To, yeah. yeah. And Brock was, uh, I mean, super smart to get out of that as soon as he could. Mm. I, I did tell you guys I was out driving Bobby Lashley on the driving range uh, at the Bobby wow. Lashley lives out here. I've run into him at the BMW dealership a couple times, and uh, I ran into him at the uh, this golf course. And you're out driving him? Wow! I was out driving him. Uh, oh, wow, that's that's surprising because as someone who who knew Bobby, I didn't know that Bobby was a golfer. I knew Booker because we've been out a few times in JBL, and that was that when we had. Uh, with the brands were split completely mm-hmm. split and we traveled SmackDown separately from raw and together uh, there were times when on mondays you know we'd have we'd have house show to saturday sunday and sometimes on mondays we'd just travel to wherever tv was going to be on tuesday for SmackDown, and we'd have the day off and we'd find a golf course and go golfing <laughs> uh, he's not a golfer about, he's not a golfer okay. that's why i was out <laughs> he was out uh, with his girlfriend they were ah, okay <laughs> okay i see so uh, I'm gonna hold on to that though. Okay. What's 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 your what's your average drive, Rush? About two fifty. Okay. Yeah, you'll go out drive me. I'll uh, get two fifty if I get a little bit of a of a dry grass bounce. <laughs> All right. I, I suck at golf. Either if on a whole, if my long game is going well, the short game is gonna suck, or vice versa. Just never have it where both are combined. 
It's it's all around the green. If you can't if you can't if you can't chip a putt, you're never gonna. That's drive for show, putt for dough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, Bianca Belair. She comes out, cuts a promo, uh, puts over Oscar as one of the best. Uh, crowd really. You know, she actually had to kind of like remind the crowd and pump them up to give a little noise and respect to Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talks about how she, you know, she is the ST, but it's only because she wants to face the best to keep her um, in that spot. And then here comes Rhea Ripley who interrupts her and says that Bianca is the luckiest uh, that Rhea decided after she won Rumble to choose Charlotte and not fight her, and to which uh, Bianca just fired back and said, well, there's a reason you didn't choose me, kind of hinting that she uh, Rhea was scared of Bianca. And so these two kind of have a really nice exchange um, and just kind of just talk about this hypothetical down-the-road meeting that they would have. Uh, both obviously are champ, both of the, the respective brands world champions, so they're not having a match now. But Raj, I got kind of vibes of you know bianca's already a year in and i could see Rhea, barring injury or anything crazy having a long run i could see this being uh if they ever decided to merge the 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 women's titles back again i think they should i think they should merge all the titles the u.s and intercontinental if you're a champion you appear on both shows um in general it just feels like the uh the brand rules are very relaxed like Mm people are appearing on the other show without any rhyme or reason. I do got to say, uh, I was bawling this morning because that girl that was in Bianca's entrance, uh, she had lost her mother earlier that, that day. Um, and, uh, so if you watch that entrance again, that girl, Jesus, um, amazing. And, uh, when I was watching Bianca and, uh, Rhea, it just felt like that's a WrestleMania match. It seems soon to go there. Like that's a WrestleMania match. That's, you know, like huge. Uh, Bianca's on another level. Rhea, you want to talk about Triple H and uh, the talent that have really been given an opportunity to shine. And Rhea is one of those. Rhea, LA Knight, um, uh, Dominic Mysterio. I mean, there's a ton, but... Mm -hmm. Rhea is at the top, and she is on another level right now, and that is a WrestleMania match. I hope they don't do it too soon. Yeah, Jimmy, I could easily see Rhea and uh, Bianca uh, as a as a main event, as a big time match for Mania Forty next year in Philly, um, mm-hmm. if they wanted to go around to that. You know, Raj, I, I I I don't mind actually them having one world champion in Roman, but I do like the fact they have a US and IC title, so that way that those titles can kind of be like the top title in each brand week to week that's being. Right. A lot featured. of the world titles not there. Um, yeah. and, and, they, and they've done a great job of building both those titles that were neglected for so long uh, back mm-hmm. up. Um, so there. Uh, uh, Jimmy, yeah, any, any thoughts on Rhea and Bianca here? Uh, and this, no. again, the, the, the trash talking and the, just the hypothetical, I'll see you down the road. No, I loved it. I love the interaction. I love that, the, you know, calling her the luckiest, EST, mm-hmm. the luckiest. And, and the whole interaction was done really well. And it, again, I hate to say planted seed. This more than planted seed. This planted uh, an idea in people's heads going, boy, do I really want to see these two women go at it and take your time, let it fester, keep them separated for as long as you possibly can. And every once in a while, have them cross paths. Yeah. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, all it has to be is a simple as they cross paths. It's like one day, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and then you can build it, build it. If it's not a full year till next year's WrestleMania and you want to do it, uh, what's the second best Time to do it. Summer, Summer Slam in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but give it time. And like I said, 
be subtle about it at first until you really want to, you know, hammer it home. And and like you said, this could actually main event. Main night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It felt big. Like just them standing there. This was uh, one of the highlights of the show for me. Was, was oh. that. It felt big as soon as Rhea hit, hit music hit and she came out on the, on mm-hmm. the stage. Yeah. yeah. There was that oh shit feeling. Mm-hmm. Which you don't get that often. Yep. Uh, there hasn't been a, a big feeling around damage control. We get Dakota Kai <laughs> and Io Sky up against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Liv pins Dakota Kai after hitting her finisher, and they announce that next week Liv Morgan and Raquel Rod- Rodriguez are going to get a women's tag team title shot at tr- um, at uh, uh, Becky, Becky and Lita, correct? Um, right. Next yeah. week. Uh, I mean, Dakota Kai and Io Sky can't get. They they just can't buy a win. <laughs> this is uh, I mean, I, I, the, the, Jimmy, this is. I mean, we got to just the, the damage control needs to stop. We need to re 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 reassess this, right? Yeah, I guess I guess uh, I hate to put it this way, female version of Alpha Academy. They're just not <laughs> getting any wins. Um, it's time it's time for damage control to go their own separate ways. I just find it interesting that here you have a babyface team like Liv Morgan and and Raquel Rodriguez facing another babyface team like Lita, and. Uh, Lita and Becky next week. And it seems to be uh, an ongoing theme across the board, not just in WWE, everywhere where it's, you don't have the clear baby face and the clear heels. You're just uh, putting uh, hypothetically uh, big matches together, you know, and or matches that you think people want to see. It just, I'm again, I hate to sound like the old guy, get off my lawn, but I like it when there's a clear heel and baby face in a match. And yeah. I think it's just happening a little too often where we're not getting that. It is Lita and Becky, right? For some reason, I wrote Trish and Lita. Am, am I, or am I just willing that I, am I just subconsciously I like to see Trish? It, it's Lita and Becky, right? Because Lita the and Becky. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, I, I hate saying this because Lita is one of you know one of my favorites of all time. Um, she hasn't looked good in this uh, in this feud, um, and uh, I think they do got to take the titles off. And move on. You know, I, I prefer Becky. Um, it's kind of that stone cold loner uh, persona. I thought that's what really got her over. That's where her money was, and her being friendly with people. It just it's just not the same. I think she needs to go back to that. You know, I I, I, I agree, and I and I think just kind of piggybacking off what we just talked about a second ago. I think. If you can get Becky elevated back up to where she was at the at the height of the man, you know, you get get her even get causing a little controversy on social. Get her get her pushing some buttons. If you can get her back up, and then either Rhonda or Charlotte, I mean, for different reasons, you take if you build those ladies up, and then what you already have with Bianca and Rhea, and you converge all those ladies. I mean, that now all of a sudden you got a you got a, and I don't mean this from a uh, I don't mean this from a physical. I mean, you have a sexy main event, and then I mean sexy for the the right. booking potential and the, and the gravitas that their characters carry. So what I'd say, you have mm-hmm. Becky destroy Lita next week. Trish stands up for her, tries to stop it, and then you have a uh, Becky-Trish main event. Look, I, I didn't like Becky as a heel just because she was so over as a babyface, but I almost mm-hmm. feel like she needs that now. She needs to get that edge back. Right. And her as a tweener is what works best and whatever it takes to get her there. Because right now, smiling baby face, um, it just hasn't been working. 
It's funny that you said that because you know when people are, were were speculating, oh, there's a rumor out there that Trish is going to turn on on Lita and and right. uh, and Becky. That would be a perfect opportunity for her to turn on two Hall of Famers. Yeah, and, and take out Lita and Trish. Mm-hmm. And say, I, you know what? I never needed you. I used <laughs> yeah. you, or whatever the case may yeah. be. Just but, but you needed me to get on WrestleMania. Yes. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see. So that'll be something to watch for next week. Uh, Scott Langford has super chat. Uh, Canadian dollar says Rhea versus Bianca for an Australia card. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know if they have any lined up, but they can seem to be quickly expanding their uh, big events internationally. So uh, something to uh, keep. But, but at that point, though, Scott, just to be fair, I think again this this is big enough and appropriate enough for a mania. You could put Rhea up against almost anybody for Australia because you know, she's Australian and it would do, it would do what you want to do. You could put her, you know, right. so I don't necessarily think you have to do that on what would probably be a secondary show, uh right. secondary tier, uh, you know, live event. But that um, would likely be a stadium show. So yeah, yeah. I would think, um, We'll see. All right, we get the Miz coming out. He's in a, uh, the ring cutting a promo, complaining about all the surprises, saying the mania is known for surprises, but all the surprises uh, were at his ex- at his expense. Uh, noting how he had he had more matches than anybody at WrestleMania this weekend. <laughs> talking about Shane, talking about Pat McAfee, talking about George Kittle, talking about uh, Snoop Dogg, and it's just rounding off. He hates surprises, so cue the next surprise, and it is the return of Matt Riddle. We've not seen Riddle since late last year in 2022. Matt Riddle. Comes scootering out, gets in the ring, and uh, we get just a quick little exchange between he and Miz, but he hits his finisher on Miz. They then announce that it's going to be Riddle versus Miz in an official match next week. Uh, Raj, Riddle's an interesting one. Uh, obviously, he he they, they wrote him off in an angle at the end of last year. Uh, anybody following wrestling Inc. and some of the news and chatter on social, Riddle uh, seemingly dealing with some personal things to overcome. Uh, he looked good tonight physically. He was looked, had this big smile, so... Hopefully they've done their due diligence and he's in a good place, ready to go. Did the riddle surprise uh, hit a, a positive note for you? I was surprised it's taken this long. Um, I do think riddle is in that spot where it's tough to put your faith behind him. As if I was in management, I, I would have a, a hard time uh, putting my faith behind riddle personally. Uh, I think riddles entertaining RK bro was freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I just don't, uh, I think there's a ceiling for him until he can really show that he's got his shit together. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost, it's their trust basically. Yeah. It's yeah. Almost, and Jimmy, it's almost like, I'm sure you don't have to name anybody, but I'm sure you've seen superstars over the years that kind of had to go through this kind of like a, uh, once you've rehabilitated, off the screen you now need to rehabilitate on the screen to management and you, it's almost like you need like a year to prove to them you can stay out of trouble you can stay healthy you can still deliver at the level that you know your peak level that we've seen you at um and he's an interesting one because he's a former ufc fighter and so just in all the news of us talking about you know we, all, right. we, we, we put such focus to brock and even ronda but um here's somebody else who's got ufc credibility uh mm-hmm. that uh eventually their paycheck's going to be you know, now, you know, assigned by the people that run that. So uh, Matt Riddle coming back. Um, what, what do you, what do you, what are you looking to see? Cause it seems like RK bro is something we're not going to get a payoff for uh, 
as we as, as Randy Orton yeah. remains to be unknown right now. Right. We, we the unknown status of Randy Orton puts that on hold for now. But you know, it, it, putting him in there with Miz was a nice little move to, because Miz is just a master at helping get these uh, the these situations over regardless of who's in him he's just that darn good and it's and i'm I'm glad to see it as being the guy who got had to who got kicked out of the locker room had to change in a broom closet to becoming what he has become today and one of the most underrated top heels in the business right now this is awesome and i just like you said justin it's going to take a little bit of time here before they can you know uh, f- fully put their backing behind Riddle. Yes, they're giving him an opportunity to reestablish himself, but he has to also prove himself at the same time. Yeah, and uh, I want to go back to the I want to go back to the Miz for one second, real quick. Uh, and before we do, I, I've seen a lot of people in the chat tonight. They've they're saying no NXT call ups or listing other people, you know, like that didn't show up, that didn't return. Remember, SmackDown still is this Friday. It's still the first SmackDown after Mania, so there is and there, that's there's another half a storyline. So there's still is chance for some reset of. Of returns or debuts, so just just keep that in mind. Um, let's talk about the Miz real quick because I feel like actually the Miz was actually involved in so many big segments this past weekend that we said his name, but we focused on the surprise. We focused on whatever, and uh, and Jimmy and, and you especially because you know the Miz as people the Miz broke into WWE when you were still working there as a ref. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he it started with he's hosting you know diva search challenges and and he's you know he's 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 the guy from you know from MTV's Real World and. I don't know if you or maybe you remember what do you remember about about the year it was when he got famously kicked he wasn't allowed to dress in the locker room and around that oh, time geez. how was he in dealings with people like yourselves with the refs with the people that you know you know you should be respectful to everybody but especially veteran people like yourself how was he to deal with was he as brash did he come off as brash as he apparently did to the locker room vets at the time and, and sorry to jump in real quick but no. Chava recently just said like uh, he stuck up for the locker room, saying that Miz deserved uh, everything that, that he got. Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, he, yeah. He's he he was uh, wasn't the friendliest person at first. Once uh, once he got uh, schooled a little bit, let's put it that way, he became more approachable. He became he started to understand that hey, this is a business where we work together. If we want to make money, we have to work together to make money. I'm not better than any of you. You're, and nobody's better than anybody. Maybe in a, a talent standpoint, but as a person, you know, we all respected each other. We all got along together. We all tried our best. And there were conflicts backstage. Not everybody can get along. But you learn to work with each other. And you learn to try to at least ignore the the little things that piss people off. When Miz pissed somebody off, he didn't care. And then once he once you know the hammer came down, it was like oh boy, okay. And then he started to understand how yes, there is a certain level of respect I have to show to these people. Yeah. So he wasn't showing the respect until not at first, not at first until until like I said, the hammer came down and he got you know, banished from the locker room and couldn't change with the rest of the boys. And I was there that day too and and happened to witness it firsthand. And I went, Oh, this is not going to be good. And, and like I said, he, 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 it's not that he treated me bad. He was, he did, he really just like, Hey, you know what I mean? Instead of saying, hello, how are you? Shake your hand. Like you do, you know, customary, you walk in the locker room and shake everybody's hand. 
he was just yeah how's it going it's it's almost like it's almost like he became a bit of a star from mtv it's where you think you've already made it and you don't realize you know you got to start all over and is, especially is story, something like pro wrestling is the story out there what exactly happened that got him like kicked out let's, let's hear it because uh, we well, I don't, I, I, it was jbl is the one that kicked him out right yeah, but it was I, I was walking in the locker room with a fellow referee, Scott Armstrong, mm-hmm. a, a real, you know, you talk about somebody who earned respect in this business, the Armstrong family. So we're walking in and there's Miz eating some fried chicken over, you know, in the locker room over a bag. And I didn't realize that at the time, but that was Scott's bag. So he's eating it over and stuff's falling in there. And he says, so Scott looks at him and goes, hey. Make sure you get those bones and stuff them in the corner of the bags and make sure you get them date down. And you know, like he's really like, and Mrs. is like eating the chicken, like, ah, yeah, 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 whatever. And Scott goes to me, I'm going to kill him. So I said, Scott, come with me. And then, you know, everybody got word and Benoit, hmm. JBL, the locker room. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, get your stuff, you're out of here. And uh, anybody who worked with him, well, let's just say we're a little snug. <laughs> for a little it while sounds like it could be worse <laughs> good thing he it wasn't the steiners in the 90s I guess. Mm-hmm. Jeez. yeah uh, yeah so that probably would have been like what like probably like 06 then 06, no early uh, 07 well i mean ben, i mean benoit uh he passed in 07 and and and, and so 04 05 yeah maybe maybe it was just it was just after tough enough when he oh yeah so roger right probably a little earlier 04 yeah. probably time interesting well uh, he certainly the Miz is a Hall of Famer, a future right. Hall of Famer. Um, anybody anybody that d- debates that is he's a future Hall of Famer, absolutely. Uh, he's certainly mm-hmm. been um, both on the screen and the ring. And then he's just he you know we talk about you know we talk about the demands of the of the media, whatever. I mean, he, and he's the guy they can always throw out there for the media and they can rely on to no, to hit the mark. No, he's uh, something you could tag in anytime. Now, someone know. in the comment section here, Jose, it was not Benoit's bag. It was Scott Armstrong's bag, and Benoit was sticking up for Scott Armstrong. Yeah, so Jimmy, with the historical clarification, was there. Uh, the so facts. There we go. The facts right there. All right. So uh, we'll watch Miz and uh, Riddle next week on Raw. All right. So main event time. So we kind of alluded to it, but let's go ahead and give it its uh, its details and its 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 uh, just do here. So we get Roman and Solo come out <clears throat> at their entrance. Then Cody comes out. Then Brock comes out. There's no titles on the line here, but they do give us the, the what they normally do for title match introductions, which is everybody gets in the ring and then we announce them all in the ring. Obviously, this was done to do give the opening that we needed here. They introduce Rome, introduce Solo, introduce Roman, introduce Brock, and then as Cody is being introduced, his back is turned. Brock just comes and uh, f5s Cody, uh, Solo and Roman and Heyman just get out of town get out of dodge and then brock proceeds for the next 10 minutes just to whip <laughs> cody's ass around the arena um uh suplex city they go outside around the timekeeper area uh on the announce table f5 on the steps steel chair to the throat agents and refs trying to get brock to stop uh intensity is all there uh, a lot of intensity the crowd was 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 reacting to it um the biggest thing, and commentary was harping on this, and it, it is the obvious, is the why. What is the justification? What's the motive? What's the explanation that Brock is going to give? Uh, there's no history with Cody that I can think of, natural history in WWE. So, uh, Jimmy, 
Um, on the surface, we can say, okay, Cody didn't win the title. This keeps Cody away from Roman in the rematch. This gives Cody a whole new mountain to climb to uh, build his resume to the WWE audience, take AEW and stuff like that out of the fold. Mm-hmm. So that's all there on the surface. But I guess from a why, what, 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 what do you, what, what could you possibly accept that Brock Lesnar, you know, exploded on and had to dupe Cody Rhodes to say he's going to be his partner and then and then put on a brutal attack like this? It, it could be something as simple as he Brock not thinking he earned it. Like like a lot of people are saying right now, how, you know, you have to fight your way to, a, to to earn your championship title match. And maybe some people think that, you know, just coming back at the Royal Rumble and winning the Royal Rumble match get, earned you the title shot wasn't enough. And Brock could be one of those people who, you know, I think Brock works better as a heel when he's like this anyways. I, thought, I, I like mm-hmm. seeing this hard-ass Brock. Yeah. Know? And and if you're going to give a credible, a very credible win to Cody before he challenges for, if again for the you know the undisputed world heavyweight championship, beating Brock Lesnar is a great way to go. Uh, Raj, uh, one of the last things that we I did not talk I didn't mention one of the last things is as Bro- as they're doing all this intending to Cody and we think they're getting ready to go off the air. Brock walks out one more time, he rips his gloves off, and he gives a double middle finger to all the officials, Adam Pierce, the officials, the referees. So, like, does that lean into, like, you know, does Brock, does Brock, because, look, uh, especially, you know, Brock, uh, you know, we've, we've seen the cowboy fun loving Brock, but he he's not afraid to kind of, like, lean into, like, real-life shoot kind of stuff in terms of comments. So, like, does he say something to the effect of, you know, my contract's coming up and uh, companies being bought and all this stuff, but yet Cody Rhodes is getting whatever, whatever, and and, and, and like I mean, you know, because he kind of flipped off management. It's kind of what it felt like he was flipping off. Um, so on the whole question of why Brock, why, w- what do you need to hear for this to make sense to you? Well, I think at, at a very simple level, just being like, this guy's coming in and trying to take a spot that I've been here for twenty years, uh, and he's just stepping in and taking it. You know, just Brock being like, this is my area. This is my spot. And you can't just come in. You don't deserve it. You're not on my level. I I, I thought it was great. I love, you know, I'm a huge Brock fan. And, and then one of the things I love about Brock is going into a match. You don't know which match you're going to get. Are you going to get a 10-second squash? Are you going to get that five minutes of them just hitting big moves, or are you going to get like a 20 minute uh, actual match? It, it's just unpredictable. A lot of times with Brock and he's, he's just awesome to watch. He's such a different, unique character from anything else that's out there. And he's going to make Cody earn it. And I think that was one of the biggest criticisms with Cody going into uh, last night is people felt like he just got thrown this opportunity uh, he was over, you know, he, he had this AEW stuff coming in. He was over, but he didn't really, even though he wrestled that match with Co- you know, with Seth Rollins and Helen Cell with that torn uh, peck, but like he, he hasn't earned that respect quite yet of uh, being there and being, you know, uh, through the trenches. And I think Brock will, you know, he'll definitely have that after this shoot. So I, I think it's great. 
Uh, I'm assuming Cody beats Brock, but uh, I, I love it. And, and when do we do it? Because, look, WrestleMania Backlash, as I said earlier, they could probably hang their hat on the Bad Bunny match they're going to have and um, you know, maybe maybe one or two other ones. You know, Do, do you go as quick, as, and that's on May 6th, uh, so you, do you go as quick as that, or do you? The next one is, I believe, Money in the Bank in London, I think July one. Do you draw this out a little bit, um, or or do you? Or is it important? Is it important to get Cody right back out there quickly with on the paper on the on the Premium Lab event schedule? I, what do you think? I honestly think you you draw it out as as without drawing it out too long. I I like the idea of having it as you mentioned in London because that's that makes it even feel like a bigger deal having it happen there, but. You can you can do it simply by uh, even next week. Cody comes out to address it. Brock attacks him again, and for several weeks, Cody wants Brock, but he's not cleared. He's not cleared to compete. You can use that as you know, hey, you suffered the beating at the hands, whether it's a concussion or whatever concussion protocol, that sort of mm-hmm. thing, which is something that was talked about this weekend with uh, the, the Finn Balor thing. Uh, you can use that. Use it to at least uh, extend the story for a little bit of time. But I like I like that it happened tonight. I like the way it happened. And I like the fact that it happened before the match happened. I'm saying happened. Uh, uh, yeah, well, and to, and to Raj's point, uh, you know, if there's a match that's advertised that happens, you pay Brock more. But if uh, a match actually doesn't happen, then uh, okay. Dylan Matthews, uh, he says, Heyman ordered Brock to turn on Cody. Thank you, Raj. Uh, Dylan, uh, I, I think that was kind of maybe one of the keys of that second pre-tape backstage where we saw uh, Heyman solo and reigns and reigns asking the wise man did you know that brock was going to be here and kind of you know like Heyman saying no because what sense would it have made for Heyman to say to roman's face no i didn't know brock going to be here if Heyman, in fact was orchestrating brock to turn on cody because if that was the case Heyman would have gone behind closed doors of roman and said hey i got it covered don't worry about this but they kind of like almost like negated that thing out so i think that i think the point of that pre-tape in a way was to say like this is not a you know because brock is so so much linked to Heyman on screen they have such history i think that was this was kind of to like say no brock didn't do this that's why the commentators kept asking why brock mm-hmm. didn't do this because it's a he's he's doing paul Heyman and the bloodlines bidding brock did this for other reasons which we need, now need to tune into later to find out what are those of, reasons sorry sorry rush and one of the beautiful things is that question why it's got people guessing people could come up mm-hmm. with all these scenarios in their head thinking, Oh, this is why that's why you brought up Heyman. Maybe Heyman went and, 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 you know, convinced Brock to do this or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's the question why, and people are going to want to tune in to find out why. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is uh, I think there's a lot of ways you could take the story. I think there's a, a ton of possibilities. I do think, um, this is a huge match, but the fact that they started it tonight, I think the match is going to be a backlash. I, I agree with you, Jimmy. Like, this should be at a bigger, you know, a Money in the Bank or, you know, one of the stadium shows. I Saudi think. Arabia shows, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that they're starting it so soon and with the short attention spans that people have nowadays, mm-hmm. I, I just get the feeling like this is going to be a backlash. But Short yeah. attention spans? What would you just say? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, old man jokes. What can I tell you? Yeah, I'm full of them. Yeah, if if you believe Edge, Edge used to call me the king of dad jokes. So whatever. 
I had a good one. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll do it off air. It's really bad. <laughs> oh come well, on! Now, now you're disappointing the audience. You can't. You got to end yeah. your tenure with a bad joke. What a tease! <laughs> that is a tease. He's not going to give the payoff to the people. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, go on. I'll do it at the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that was Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, overall though, I uh, this this just it did not have the same punch. And now I, I don't know. I mean. The crowd was not as uh, – I don't know if it's because there's not as much international flavor. I don't know if that's a post-COVID thing. I don't know. But the, 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 the crowd was not as as into as what – and some of what they were being given, as we talked about, was just not very exciting. This did not have I, – I tweeted earlier, and I will go back, and I will – my tweet did not age well. I tweeted earlier today after all the news that came out about the, the, the future of, of the company's uh, ownership. I said, man, this Raw tonight has a potential to be – one of the biggest Raws that we've ever seen. You know, maybe even dating back to the Raw in March of 2001 when they they purchased Nitro. Like this could right. be depending on what could happen tonight. This could be and 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 that was not the case. That that was this Raw. We we've seen better Raws in the last nine months that uh, mm-hmm. in in November that were more exciting than than this one. So uh, it was what it was. Uh, final thoughts and uh, promos and plugs. Jimmy, take it away. Uh, Raw was okay at times, and there were some interesting moments, but overall, I would say this did not have that post-WrestleMania feel to it, and the crowd told you everything you needed to know with their not saying much. They were a little bit quiet tonight, and really quiet at other times. It just had a different feeling, a different aura to it, and uh, yeah, it just didn't feel like your post-WrestleMania Raw. I don't know, maybe... Like uh, like the people there, I was expecting more. But at the same time, I don't think they delivered like they normally do. Yet, like you said, they opened and closed in a big way, but uh, the filler wasn't there. And as far as where you can find me, you can find me here on Monday nights and Wednesday nights uh, with you, Justin, and uh, Triple J on usually on Mondays and Raj filling in tonight. Uh, thank you for and, – and thank you, Raj, by the way, for allowing me to be a part of the – the wrestling Inc. family i'm enjoying this immensely and and hope everybody tunes in and you can also find me on my social media platforms doing my ref and rants on a daily basis from monday to friday having a little fun critiquing not trying to tear down but trying to help tighten some screws and obviously you can catch me uh now on wednesdays with my good brother in stripes uh brian hebner where we talk refing it up all right, so I'm going to go next because I think it's only appropriate to let Raj have the final mm-hmm. words uh, of this podcast. So I'm going to go next. Uh, at Justin LaVar, uh, across all the socials, uh, I'll be back uh, Wednesday with uh, Jimmy and maybe a, an amped-up Issa uh, for Dynamite. Um, you know, follow me across the socials on Friday mornings on uh, Busted Open Radio and Sirius XM. Uh, yeah, tonight's Raw, certainly, I, I think overall it did disappoint. There was some business that got done, but it did disappoint. But I think there are some things we can look at. Like, okay, as we said, here's why you do this with Cody. Um, what have you, but so we need to let the story play out. Um, but it is definitely an exciting time to be a fan of WWE, any or even fan critique, cr- critic, your know, podcast, or whatever, because there's so much going on. So, all that said, uh, I want to give uh, thanks to Raj. I haven't really actually said thank you to him, uh, uh on here or even privately <laughs> via text or phone call. Uh, Never, <laughs> you know, I know, I know, I haven't, and 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 just real quick. So, um, you know, from like 2010 to 2000. Uh, 17. I was with another wrestling website for a long time. D- did a show that I was really proud that I built up, built up as much as I could with my brand. And uh, just the nature of business in the corporate world, things changed in the corporate world, and uh, was cut loose from from that. And um, 
it was within a couple weeks. Uh, you know, and Raj and I had only ever spoke maybe a few times just via email for one topic or another. Had an okay rapport. I didn't have any problems with you, but we didn't know each other. But I had reached out to you and, and had some ideas just to kind of continue what I was doing. And we had a phone call. It was really good. You know, did that show for a little bit longer for until it kind of ran its course for me personally. Well, not because of anything you directed me to, but I was like, all right, we're kind of done here. But just coming over to the wrestling family gave me a whole new lease on covering pro wrestling life because that then morphed into doing this podcast with um, – all the wonderful people here with you, with Jimmy, with, with Matt, with uh, with, with Glenn, um, it, it, it just kind of gave me. And I can honestly say it's been, that was twenty that was late twenty seventeen. Here we are in twenty twenty three. I'm still still doing it, still very happy, and uh, it, it's been a great experience because it has been with the same wrestling website that I consider to be extremely credible, extremely ethical, and and just well run, well well presented in terms of its user experience, and it's been such little drama. And it's just been, and it's felt, you, you've always made me feel appreciated. I've always been able to, de- if, if I've ever had a thing, I've always been able to call you and you've always been able to just, we've been able to talk a few times. We've been around each other in person. I've had a great experience. Love meeting your wife. And I think we were in New Orleans, had a great lunch. So I just want to say shots at the, uh... yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, I'm in New Orleans. It's just part of, it's just part of the, when in Rome, it's, it, it's part of the damage. You didn't know that you signed that up when you, when you took me on, but. Uh, really, a big thank you to you because um, w- what you managed to do as a single person, as a single entity, to make the website that you did. When I've seen other corporate-ran companies who are stealing Peter to rob Paul to get things done, I, I think it's pretty commendable uh, w- what you've accomplished. So thank you very much. Stay in touch. We do we, we do have to golf somewhere in the country wherever we cross paths again. Um, no matter if we're not doing wrestling stuff, but that's all I'm going to say. Thank you, Raj. You had the final words, and we'll end the podcast. All right. Well, well. Uh, thank you all. Uh, first, I wanted to say with the weekend, I thought uh, WrestleMania Night One was one of the best nights of wrestling I've ever seen, as far as combining spectacle and wrestling and uh, uh, just everything. It was perfect. WrestleMania Night Two. It's hard to live up to that, but I still thought it was a solid night. I thought Raw tonight, you know, good first hour, good last 15 minutes, but in the middle kind of sucked. Um, And then, Justin, that means the world to me that, you know, what you said, you you too, Jimmy. Um, uh, You know, when I started this uh, site back in the day, I I never knew what it was going to be. It was meant to be. Uh, something to get me a job. You know, I was like, I'm going to make a website and then that's going to be on my resume. And it turned into something that um, I never expected. And uh, the relationships, you guys, Issa, uh, Jack, um, Sean Ross Sapp back in the day, Mark Middleton, uh, Ryan Clark, uh, it's just so, uh, Joshua Gagnon, uh, Kelly, uh, who, who let um, so many people that it wasn't by myself. It was so many people that busted their ass to, and that got the site to where it was. And it, it's just been a dream. Uh, it, it's surreal to, you know, kind of be stepping away from it because the majority of my life has been uh, a part of the site. Um you know, I'm, I'm going on 47. I spent 27 years uh, uh, 
with the site. So it's, it's going to be an adjustment. It's going to be weird. I, it's scary too. I have no idea, you know, luckily I've done well with investments and things uh, to where I don't need to work, but uh, the last six months kind of have had nothing to do. So I don't like, I need to do something. So uh, we'll see, <laughs> but I, I want to help other people out. And uh, I, I have been, telling people if they have some financial troubles uh, or questions about investing, DM me. It's all free. Uh, I'll, I'll give you tips on what I do. It's not financial advice, but uh, stuff I do. And, and that holds true today. If you need any help, uh, if I can help in any way, you know, let me know. And with that, he rides off into the sunset. And uh, uh, in honor, if you haven't done it, if, if you haven't done it yet, because Jack me glenn have pestered you if you if you're not going to do it for us do it for the legacy and memory of what raj built hit like hit subscribe yes. <laughs> hit follow leave a comment try to be nice if you're not nice we might call you out on it tell a friend tell a friend tell a friend let's help grow this thing so that way when raj goes through his terry funk phase and he comes back in five years we have an even bigger platform for him to go through a burning flaming table okay Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Raj. Go enjoy retirement. Work on your short game in the golf game. Thank you, Jimmy. I'll see you again Wednesday. Appreciate all the super chats. Appreciate all the free chats. It's, it certainly is a community feel here. And that's going to do it here for WrestleMania weekend uh, on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Good night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.